The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. That is not good enough. But if we're giving it to Jesus, you know it can be worse than we can ever imagine. So let's let's just give it up for let's give it up for him. Let's give it up for him. Father, we thank you. We really thank you. I'd like you to just lift up your voice and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you for being in my life. I praise you. I worship you. I honor you. I adore you. We thank you. Thank you for your great work in our lives. You alone deserve it. All the glory, all the honor, all the adoration, all the power belongs to you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Somebody from today, you're going to be the joy of many generations. You will be an expression of joy. When people see you, joy will be bubbling out of you. Father, we thank you. There's someone else here. Joy has eluded your life and your home. There's going to be a wellspring of joy bubbling out from your home that will be so overwhelming that you will wonder what has happened. The Holy Spirit is flooding that home now and joy is overflowing. Joy is overflowing. Joy is overflowing. Joy is overflowing. Father, we thank you. There's someone else here. You've been in a hard place. You've really been in a hard place. Looks as if the doors, the windows, have just been shut over you. Right now, the heavens are open. The heavens are open. Every seal blocking the things that are meant for you are lifted this morning. Father, we return the glory to you. We return the glory to you. Return the worship. Set our praise. Thank you. The ones you love have come to magnify you. The ones you've helped have come to exalt you. 
the ones you saved have come to honor you. Accept our thanks and our praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'd like you to look around to two or three people and tell them God loves you. And I love you too. Praise the name of the Lord. Love you, sir. I love you, ma. Fragrance of life, the Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Bless your ministry. Bless your works. Bless your sacrifices. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will go to nations. Your voice will go to nations. Your skills will go to nations. As you serve God, your service will not be in vain. Your labors will not be in vain. Before you cry, the heavens will open unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We've not seen some of you. Right? We've not seen to me for the past last year now. You're welcome. Tell me you're welcome. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh God, Father, we thank you. Next Sunday again, we're praying 8 to 9 for those who come in the morning. The Lord bless you. We appreciate the time, spending time to pray in the morning. If you want to join us in the morning, please join us 8 to 9. This Friday, by the special grace of God, is going to be an impartation service. It's going to be communion. Um, um, and I'd like to please encourage you to be a part of it. Be a part of it. Be a part of it. It's also a part of our 10 days of demand. 10 days of praise, 10 days of demand, and then 10 days of declaration service. But if I were you, I'm going to be here physically. It's going to be an unusual service on Friday. In the mighty name of Jesus. And, and as a follow-up to that is the fact that from Tuesday, um, for those of you who have been joining us on the prayer conference line, I'd like to commend and encourage you and thank you. Your prayers have been answered. And... Um, and uh, um, God will do far more for you than you ever think or imagine in the mighty name of Jesus. But these next 10 days from Tuesday, as we bring our prayers to a close in this corporate fast, I'd like to please encourage everyone, from Tuesday, we're going into what we call 10 days of praise, 10 days of demand, 10 days of declaration. So we're going to be connecting through the Zoom platform because what we're going to be doing is that we're going to spend some time to praise we're going to spend some, some time to handle prayers, demand things from God. We'll take Holy Communion every day for those 10 days because of the power in the communion. And then we'll have some ministers of the gospel who will be declaring things over us. So if I were you, I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to miss the next 10 days. The only, ten, the only day we are not on the Zoom platform for, from Tuesday is on Friday because we're going to be here. Every other day, we're on the Zoom platform. So if you don't have a Zoom platform um, or you're not on the uh, WhatsApp group, please ask um, the lady that introduced the offering to add you to that group, Sister Angela. Please ask her to add you um, so that you can have the link to the Zoom platform. It's going to be a powerful time. It's going to be a powerful time in Jesus' name. And... Um, if you want to know more about God, not only about God, but also want to gain some additional leadership skills to be elevated to a higher level in North America, you need to be in the next Leadership 101 class if you have not attended it before. That session, when I first attended it, was powerful, really, really powerful, really, really powerful. And if I were you, if you've not attended Leadership 101 here, 
I'd like to encourage you, please sign up for it. Um, the announcement is already ongoing. You can see Sister Christine at the end of service, or you can see uh, Tumi at the end of service and register your name to be a part of that. It's just, um, it's just about a two-hour section or thereabout. I'm not sure now whether it's up to three. Not up to three on the Zoom, Zoom platform. But it's powerful, really powerful. And we have um, our able facilitator um, and uh, an award winner, a, a woman of recognition, um, who, has, who has played in the highest echelon, whether it's echelon or echelon or whatever echelon or loan that it is in the corporate world. Oh, not Shalom. <laughs> she's, she's, she's played in the highest, in the highest, in the highest. One of the leading, um, one of the leading um, um, cement company in the world, Lafarge, not in Europe, world over. She's played at that top level. And, uh, she'll be the one facilitating the program. I, I don't want to say more. So when you come, you'll know. You know, you know. How many minutes do I have? Because my time is going. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. The last but not the least, please. The last but not the least of what I have to say this morning. How I wish I can pause the clock because this announcement now, people will bank it into my time, right? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. The last announcement I have, please, when you're coming to church, don't come alone. The vision that the special grace of God will have is that we're trusting God that by year 2032, this church will be more than a thousand people. And the Bible says that Andrew, after he heard about Jesus, he went to his brother and said, hey, come and see. We have found the master. If God has blessed you here, invite your friends. Invite your neighbors. Invite your colleagues. Tell them, come and see. And as they come, we trust God that God will bless them. If they don't have a ride, offer to bring them. Offer to Uber them. Connect with the transport department and then they will make an arrangement to ensure that they come in here. This house will be filled in the mighty name of Jesus. By the special grace of God, we'll start second service in March. God will help us. Father, we thank you once more as we look into your word. Your word brings light, brings illumination. We ask that God, your word will transform us. Your word will empower us. Help us, eternal Father, to walk by the Spirit, in the Spirit, to your praise and to your glory. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. This month, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to recap what we did two Sundays ago. I'm not going to also recap what we did last Sunday. If I were you, I would go back and then I'm listening to the messages of what was done uh, last Sunday and two Sundays ago. But this morning, I'm going to be speaking on the subject, walking in the Spirit. Tell somebody, walk in the Spirit. Tell somebody, walk in the Spirit. You know, often, often than not, when we think about the word walk in the Spirit, in scriptures, the Bible says, Walk in the spirit so that you will not fulfill the gratifications of the flesh. Have you ever asked yourself, what does it mean? What does it mean? Does it mean I should just turn to a spirit person and begin to walk? No. Does it mean, what does it mean? Does it mean, hey, I should just go on an astral travel? 
asleep and then begin to walk in the air, in the spirit realm. You see, life is full of choices. Life is full of choices. And I'm not talking about my choice. There's always a choice you've got to make every day of your life. There's always a choice. And your choices is going to be formed either by reason of a direction of the spirit or your choice is going to be made out of flesh. You're either making your choice in the flesh or you're making your choice by the spirit. And you see, the interesting thing about choices is that your choices govern or determine who you become. Many of us, we become who we are today because of the series of choices that we have made. Some of them good and some of them bad. But see, your life becomes a product of the decisions you make, the choices you have made. Great choices lead to great products. So if you make a wrong choice out of life, you realize that you, you make, make a mess of your life. Make a mess of your life. You see, but one of the things that I found about human beings is that, is that we are quick to pass a blame when we make a wrong choice or make a, take a bad decision. We are quick to pass a blame. We're quick to pass the blame. Oh God, why did you allow me to fall into this problem? But you took the choice. You made the decision. We are quick to pass a blame. But see, God wants us to take responsibility. When Adam made a mistake in terms of the choices he made in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that I, I Adam, and God said to Adam, what did you do? What did Adam say? Adam said, it is the woman you gave me. He passed the blame. He passed the blame. He passed the blame. Uh, and then God turned to Eve and said to Eve, what did you do? Eve said, it is Satan that deceived me. We are quick to pass the buck about the decisions we make. But friends, we've got to learn to take responsibilities. We've got to learn to take responsibilities. So many years ago, a young man said to me, Pastor, I don't know. Why I married this woman? I don't know where I want to go there. And it's, it's just that I'm saying all sorts of unprincipled things. And I said to him, who made the decisions for you? He said, I made it myself. Did anybody force you? I said, no. And take ownership. Take ownership of your responsibility and fix it. Friends, walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh is a responsibility. You have to decide whether that is how you want to live. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, reading all the way to verse 18. Galatians 5, 16 to 18. I read it in two translations, in the New King James and then the NLT version. It says, I say then, 
walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit does what? Against the flesh. These two are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I like the way that the new living translation puts it. So I said to you, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you will be doing what your sinful nature craves. In other words, there's a craving of Mr. Flesh. It's a craving. It's a craving. It's a craving. He said, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. He said, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit is himself gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. Friends, the truth is that there, there is a constant war going on between Mr. Flesh and Mr. Spirit. We know already that human beings are made of three personalities or three components. We have the body, we have the spirit, we have the soul. But there's always a constant war. There's always a constant war. Oh, I want to give you a piece of my mind. Mr. Flesh. Then something says to you, why don't you stay calm, Mr. Spirit? Oh, let, let me just give him an eye for an eye, Mr. Flesh. Mr. Spirit says, love covers multitude of sins. There's always a constant war, friends. Always a constant war. And the question is, who you are allowed to rule you? Takes dominance, takes preeminence, covers everything. That is why my prayer for you today is that you allow the Spirit of God to take control over your life. Because when the flesh takes control, it becomes a recipe for disaster. But when the Spirit is at work, not only are you the Son of God, but you manifest the fullness of all that God desires for you. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will lead you. You will hear a voice saying, this is the way walking in it. The voice of the stranger you will not hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. The voice of the stranger you will not hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. So the question, friends, this morning is that who is leading you? Who is controlling your life? Is it Mr. Flesh? Or is it Mr. Spirit? Who has the greatest on the scale of 1 to 10? Who, who has the major control over your life? Yeah, you know, you know the way to know? The, the way to know is, is not to say, oh, oh, I'm sure it's Mr. Spirit or no, or Mr. Flesh. No. The way to know is to look at scriptures and benchmark your life and watch what scripture says about who is led and controlled and influenced by Mr. Spirit and by Mr. Flesh. And see which of them has predominance in your life. That's the way to know. Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5. 
verse 19, of the people that are controlled by Mr. Flesh. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19, all the way to 21. It says, and I want to read it in the Passion Translation of the Scriptures. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19. It says, the behavior of the self-life which is Mr. Flesh. They are obvious. This is the behavior. This is the behavior. He said they are obvious. He said sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of chasing God, manipulating others to get their way. That's the behavior of Mr. Flesh. People who are controlled by Mr. Flesh. They hate others. Hatred for those who get in their way. Just get in my way, I will finish you. Senseless arguments. They just want to prove their point. You can never win them in an argument. Meanwhile, the argument that they are arguing over is senseless. Resentment when others are favored. Oh, temper tantrums. They are quick to fly out the handle. They can't control themselves. They angrily quarrel. Only thinking of themselves. You can never win them in an opinion. Being in love with their own opinion. If they will argue to a standpoint, my opinion, my way or no way. You don't agree with me, my way or no way. That's Mr. Flesh at work. So, so the question you should ask yourself is, are these elements in your life? Are they controlling a dominant factor in you? Or is it Mr. Spirit manifesting in different forms? Galatians chapter 5 down to verse 22. It talks about the things that is being produced. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are there the things controlling your life? Have you come to a place where you, are, you make, up, make up your mind, no matter what you do to me, I'm still going to love you. No matter what. No matter what you do to me, I'm going to pursue peace. With all men, even with you, I'm going to pursue peace. I will be the quick to say, look, bro, I'm sorry, even though you offended me. Have you come to a place where you have made up your mind that you're going to exercise and express joy irrespective of what life throws at you? God wants us to walk in the spirit. He wants the spirit to have control over our lives. And every one of us can do what? Every single one of us can walk in the spirit 24-7. We can. That's the plan of God for our lives. To walk in the spirit. So how can we do it? How can we do that? I'm going to talk about four or five points at a time. Will permit me this morning and we close it. We can walk in the spirit. Can walk in the spirit. So walk in the spirit just simply means 
allowing the Holy Spirit to take control over your life. Not me, but God at work. Align my thoughts, align my will, align my life to be what? To be controlled by the Spirit of God. If therefore you've got to walk in the Spirit, the first thing you need to do is to kill Mr. Flesh. Tell somebody, kill it. Tell somebody else, kill it. Ask them, what are they killing? <laughs> because if you kill a human being, the YRUP will catch you. RUCMP or RU, whatever they call them. <laughs> You'll be subject to the law. But some of you have to kill your egos. It's popping up. Got to kill it. Got to kill the pride. Some of you just got to kill the mouth that's always too sharp to talk. Got to kill it. The recipe to walking in the spirit starts with engaging. We're killing the Mr. Flesh in you. The scripture says in Romans chapter 8 verse 13, reading all the way, Romans chapter 8 verse 13, it says, and I'd like to quickly read it, I think I'll read the amplified version. It says, for if you live according to the details of the flesh, you will surely die. That shall not be a portion in Jesus' name. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you habitually, I like the word there, habitually put to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body. You shall really and genuinely live forever. Put to death, put to death, Mr. Flesh. Mr. Flesh has got no room to live in your life. There are some thoughts you've got to kill. There are some cravings you've got to kill. There are some desires you've got to kill. You know, when I was preparing this message, I started looking into my own life. And I started asking the Holy Spirit, please search me. Search me. Search me. And if there are cravings in my life and things in my life that has got to kill... Look, do a surgical operation without anesthesia. That is hard. You know, it's, 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 it's good for them to sedate you. And then you go to sleep. And then they do an operation. But when you do an operation, when it is wide open, with the paints. The paints. There are certain things you've got to say no to. You've got to say no to. You've got to say no to. Why? Because you've got to kill Mr. Flesh. Otherwise, you realize that habitually these things take a control over your life. But people have told you before, oh, you, I think you have some sense of arrogance. Say, no, I'm not arrogant. Watch it. You can't be the best mirror for yourself. Somebody's the one that mirrors you. Somebody says you talk too much. Say, no, I don't talk too much. I was created that way. Hallelujah. So with my mouth, I talk as I like, and to God be the glory. But where is the scripture that says study to be quiet? 
Sometimes the talking is senseless talk. Talk of, hey, oh boy, you know what? What did, what did happen now? You say, waiting. Say, ah, you see that sister? Hiya. Sometimes many of, many of us, the talking that we talk is spreading evil about people. We're going to kill it. Killing it just simply means say, no more. I'm not talking anything about anyone anymore. There are certain things you've got to just say no to. The thoughts will always pop out. Always pop out. Always pop out. You can't stop some of those things from, how many people use, you know, some of these Microsoft platforms that don't have any, no virus, antiviruses, and then suddenly you just see something pop out. You follow it. Do you follow it? Oh, some of you are not quite, you are quiet. I mean, some of you, when they pop out, you follow them. You follow them and you land into some strange places that you're not supposed to be landing into. What do you do? You look for the star there. Bam. And you kill it. Another one comes up again. Bam. You kill it. That's the way it works. The devil always throws things at you. There will be commercials that we played in your mind. There will be commercials that will be, be, be arose in your heart. But what do you do? You kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Before you become envious of somebody or before you become angry about somebody, something will tell you, you see that brother, don't, don't agree for him. Don't agree. How can he just talk to you like that when you're accepting it? Look at, he just disgraced you among the people and you're allowing it. Just give him, give him. Then you're bottling it. Say, okay, okay, okay. If I see him this Sunday, I'll just, I'll just tell him that. Tell him that, look here, my, my papa give me head. I have two heads. I have correct head. You can't mess with me. But that is the time to do what? Kill it. That's the time to say, love covers a multitude of sin. Multitude of transgression. Mr. Spirit, I've got to take a dominance over your life for you to be able to effectively walk in the spirit because there's that war going on. There's that war going on. There's that war going on. I told us so many times the story of how I was cooking up plants in my heart of how I wanted to deal with my wife. And I was just mapping out the strategy. If this joker don't work, this one will work. So in my heart, I was playing chess. I'll push this pawn. Option one. Option two. This one doesn't work. Option three. Then I heard the voice of the spirit say, ah, pastor. <laughs> I repeated the dust and ashes. We've got to elevate the spirit man. You see, until you say no to certain things, you will realize that you may not be able to overcome those things. And friends, make, make, make no mistakes. Don't think that if you kill it today, tomorrow they won't come. How many people have, how many, how many times have those pop-ups stopped coming? That's why the scripture says habitually put to death. Habitually put to death. Tell somebody, kill it. Tell someone else, kill it. May the Holy Spirit help you. May we empower you to be able to say no. May he strengthen you in the inner man so that when things come up that cross contrary to the counsel and the agenda of heaven, you will kill it in the name of Jesus. 
The second thing, we need to walk effectively in the spirit. Is that we must learn who to copy from. Don't copy from the world. Don't copy from the world. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. So I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of, because all he has done, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. And But this is where I'm going to in verse 2. He said, which is your, he said, do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Do not copy them. But be, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. That which is good and pleasing unto God. You know, one of the things that they say to us, well, it's a common phrase you know, in the world, that humans are Creatures of habits. Someone once said that copying is an innate skill. Copying, just copying is, is an innate skill. How many people did giraffing in school? <laughs> you are just writing an exam and then you get to question five and you realize that ah, this thing is not flowing. Ah, question five. Then you stand and you're looking. What do I do now? <laughs> now, because the vigilators are watching, when the guy is going like this, whether the guy is writing out of point or not, you are ready to. <laughs> and, and the world we live in is a world filled with copycats. We copy the latest fashion. But we ask, what is, what is Beyonce doing now? And so the followers of Beyonce, they see Shaba and they see Shama and they see all the Shas and they decide to copy. When we were much younger, there was a time that, you know, what we were wearing was Labu. I don't know what they called it, but, I, you know, uh-huh. You just be sweeping, uh, and at some point it became pencil. Copying. But the, the sad aspect is that somehow we copy the world to the detriment of our faith. We copy the things that ought not to be copied. The, the question is who is the standard here? Is it the world or Christ? Who is the standard? The Bible says, present yourself a living sacrifice unto God. Copying is good. However, let it be that you're copying the standard, which is Christ. Paul said, I think in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, he says, imitate me. In other words, copy me as I do what? As I copy Christ. So if, if what you are copying does not line up with scriptures, 
then that is not what to copy. The standard must be the standard of Christ. If therefore, friends, you want to walk in the spirit, you must learn to copy the behaviors of God. The behaviors of God, the standard of Christ, the lifestyle of God, the music of God, the customs of God, the dressing of God, the ways of life of God. And friends, the Bible is the guiding light. The Bible is the standard. Everything that runs out of it is nothing. The standard for your marriage is not what your friends say. The standard is the word of God. Husbands, love your wife. It does not say whether the woman has parrot mouth or not parrot mouth. Love him or love her. It, does, it, it didn't say, oh, whether the woman knows how to cook or doesn't know how to cook. But say, love her. It doesn't, it, it doesn't say whether the woman make, measures up or not. It says, love her. It says, wife, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. He didn't say whether the man can provide or doesn't provide. He said, submit. That's the standard. But we have redefined it according to the terms of the world. How can God be happy with that? How can? How can? How can? You see, there, there are certain times when even when you, when you want to copy what you can say, the things that are acceptable, and the Holy Spirit says to you, no. So even when you want to copy things, you have to ask yourself, Spirit of the living God, is that what I have to do? Is that what I have to do? You know, I, I remember one of the days so many years ago, I walked into one of those malls, not in Canada, and I just saw this very lovely wristwatch, very, very nice wristwatch. And I picked up the wristwatch. It was glittering. And I just said, wow. God made special things here. But you see, I was so much so in love with the wristwatch that I took it. I said, I'm going to buy this wristwatch. I looked at the price. The price was a little bit offensive. You know, they say good things cost money. But I still made up my mind I was going to buy it. I took it and I went to the cashier and I said, sir, can I test this wristwatch? So they opened the case, brought it out, and then I wore it and it was really, really very fitting. Then I had a voice. You can buy it. Drunk, but me buying it. I can buy it. But it's because I know how he speaks to me. I left the wristwatch there. And I said to the man, Sorry, I'll see you again. Was there anything wrong about it? No. But are there things which the Holy Spirit may be saying to you about what you're about to do that you ought not to do? I think one great man of God who used to wear a very big ring, very, very fat gold diamond ring. He said it on public. I can even call his name, but leave, leave that. He said one day, the Holy Spirit said to him, don't wear that ring anymore. Was there anything wrong about it? 
No. So the, the question you should always ask yourself when you want to do anything in terms of copying is that ask yourself, we disglorify God. Father, will this be an example for believers? Holy Spirit, would you want me to do this? Why? Because you are a city set upon a hill. You are a standard bearer. You are a mark that the Holy Spirit wants to project. So your life must be different. I'll take a jump. Because my time is gone. I'll talk on, talk on the last point. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit will give you inclinations as to what to do, what to copy and what not to copy. Because at the end of the day, he's the one that is showcasing you. It's not the copying that will make you who you are. It is him showcasing you that makes you who you are. My prayer is that he will make you who you really want and who he really wants you to be. In Jesus' mighty name. The last point I'd like to talk about is that if you want to walk in the spirit, you must learn to obey the promptings of the Spirit. Obey His promptings. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. It's always speaking. It's always speaking. It's always speaking. There's ans and an answer that the Holy Spirit can give for every problem you are going through. There's always an answer. There's always an answer. In fact, any problem you're going through today, one word from the Holy Spirit can settle it for you. One word. Whether it's financial, whether it's marital, whether it's health, whether it's family, one word. One word. So the worst of any problem you may be going through right now, what you only need to do is to say, Holy Spirit, please give me a word. Please speak to me. Speak to me. The Bible says, my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. John chapter 10 and verse 27. John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Do you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do you even know how he speaks to you? Do you know how he speaks to you? Are you waiting for a, a big voice saying, my son, my son. Go down to eating center. I've set a man there to give you one million dollars. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Sometimes it's through a still small voice. Promptings from the word of God. Some inner nudgings from your heart. Some quiet voice saying to you, don't. But do this. Impressions. Sometimes through dreams and visions. But do you know how he speaks to you? Do you know how he speaks to you? Sometimes it could even be through your spouse. Telling you something. Do you listen? Do you listen? Do you listen? One of the checks for me. When I want to do anything and I learn that through a hard way, and I'm saying it for the benefit of many. Because a young man so many years ago said, 
He said, Pastor, I have decided that if I want to do something major, I won't tell my wife. And I said, why? He said, because everything and I tell my wife, and she says no, that it won't work. It won't work. So I've decided that I will first go ahead. When I finish going ahead and I've done it, before I tell her. I have told my wife stuff and she has also told me no. And I went ahead and it hit the rocks. But you see, I have not learned a lesson from there because most of the times that may be a check from the Holy Spirit saying this is not something to go into. We may think we know, the Bible says we know in parts, not in whole. We know in parts. If I of, one of those most, most terrible lessons that I learned in a hard way, you know, we traveled once so many years ago, and we got, I didn't, that's when, I, the first time, I didn't know that the Yubo people, they do, you know, they do what they call for one night too. Oh, they are the creators, inventors. So we stopped in a shop somewhere in, in London, and then, and, and, and a group of people just gathered. And I said, let me go see what they are doing. And they were selling things. But you see, they were selling things, and they were selling them on bargain. They'll say, hey, this camera it's worth $1,000. But we're going to offer it for the highest bidder. Starting from $100. So wow. So I stood there. I, I was transfixed by what was going on. Because the things that were on display were very good things. So I stood there. And I was watching the game. And then. You start with one. And then somebody will bid and bid and bid. After a time, so they will keep quiet. And then one person will win it. And I said, I would, let me try when they brought out one camera, because I wanted to buy a good camera, you know, buy a good camera so that when we travel, we can just be snapping. And I've seen the value of this camera before online, and it was over a thousand pounds. So the guy said, hey, this camera is going to start at 50 pounds. My wife said, my dear, let us go. <laughs> I said, wait, just wait. Just wait. So they started bidding this thing. They started bidding it. When she could not wait for me, she went. We bid that from 50 to 75, 75 to 100, and I was actively engaged in the bidding. <laughs> we had gotten to 200. She came back again and said, my dear, these people are not real low. Let us go. Mr. Fletch said, my dear, I told you. Just leave me. Let me do my thing. Go, go. You go your own. Let me... That was Mr. Flesh talking. I bidded and I bidded this into 500 pounds. Everybody kept quiet. They said the winner. I bought that camera. I bought one more thing again because it came the third time. And thank God that God is dealing with this Mr. Flesh. Because when this Mr. Flesh wants to act, she just goes quietly. My wife, so the third time she came, after I screamed, she just left me. But to my own fully and destruction, I burnt over 700 pounds in that place. By the time I got home with the things, the loot I was proudly carrying, and got home and opened them, I realized that the camera was fake. <laughs> I have never felt so cheated in my life like that. But I learned a big lesson of life. The Holy Spirit was stopping me. I was obstinate and difficult. 
It's not every time he still speaks through a still small voice. Sometimes it may be just a voice of reasoning from somebody that is there to you. Will you listen? Will you listen? Will you listen? Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.